Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of November 18th to the 20th, 2022. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Here in the States, it's Thanksgiving week, so it's been pretty busy at work since I got to finish up work. Uh, before the long weekend, I'm actually releasing this on Wednesday, uh, which is when a bunch of new movies are coming out. So definitely have to get this out. That said, there's a ton of news to talk about this week. Uh, there were three wide releases. There were a lot of films coming out this week, like I said. And one of the biggest entertainment world headlines of the year uh, happened this past weekend, which we'll start off with. On Sunday evening, which is an odd time for this sort of thing, it was announced that former CEO and chairman of the board of Disney, Bob Iger, would be coming out of retirement to resume the position of CEO, pushing out his successor, Bob Chapek, who has been in the role for just under three years. In addition, Chapek also resigned from the board. Now, allegedly, the board had an emergency meeting on Saturday evening to vote on the measure to bring in Iger. This is a bit of a shock given that the board just approved a new multi-year contract for Chapek in the last this past June. Now, obviously, won't ever get the full details on why um, allegedly he was fired without cause by the board, but there was some speculation, right? Uh, one, they recently had an earnings report call, which didn't go so well. The Disney Plus uh, loss uh, basically went from, I think, $630 million, I think, either last quarter uh, last quarter up to $1.5 billion this quarter. Um so that's really not good. He apparently made light of them on the earnings call, which isn't a good look, and led the uh, stock to f- fall 12%. In addition, um, you know, he's generally been uh, credited with uh, being the cause for poor performance at the parks, nickel and diamond consumers, making people not want to renew their you know memberships. Um, you know, this new fast pass genie lines, genie system, or whatever. Um, you know, raising the cost, lowering the value proposition, and on top of that, you know, there's been a disappointing box office slate. You know, Black Panther twos and like. None of the Marvel films this year are probably going to hit a, a billion dollars worldwide. Lightyear was a flop, which you know, not probably not the big thing. Um, and then you know, also the Disney Plus uh, content as well is being again super expensive. And of course, there's also the controversy in his tenure with the Don't Say Gay bill that cost the parks their special tax status in Florida, as well as the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit putting Disney in the negative light in the press. So I can't say I was all that surprised that he eventually would be ousted from this position. Um, I'm just more surprised at how soon it was and and, and the way it happened, you know, getting fired on the weekend. Normally, this thing happens on a Friday night so as not to negatively impact markets. Also notably is that Chapek's right-hand man, Kareem Daniel, who was responsible uh, for sending the Pixar film straight to Disney Plus these past couple of years, is also out. Now, Iger is back for a two-year term, you know, after a long career as a long, long career as, as being head of CEO of, of Disney. Um, he has a $1 million base salary with up to $25 million in incentives and a $1 million bonus, so $27 million total annual package, um, though that's less than his most recent compensation package of $46 million in 2021. Um, so again, only for two years, and I think this is speculation on my part, but I think the main focus for him will be undoing a lot of the damage that Chapek has done, particularly with internal morale with employees. Um, um, you know, the firing of Peter Rice comes to mind, um, as well as, you know, the, 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 the park situation, getting that on track. And then, like he says, putting control in back in the hands of creatives. Um, and perhaps most importantly, I think figuring out what the succession plan is for Disney coming up. I mean, the man's in his 80s. He's not going to lead us forever. Um, probably too soon to say who is uh, in the running. The names I've seen thrown around are Rebecca Campbell, head of international content, Josh D'Amaro, head of parks, who is generally better received than Sapek, and Dana Weldon, who's in charge of the Disney Entertainment, General Entertainment Content uh, Division after Peter Rice was fired. Heck, you know, there are rumors that they may even bring Peter Rice back again. Uh, who knows? 
I don't think that there are any rumors. Uh, the rumors that you know Bob Iger might be looking for Disney to get acquired by Apple has any real credence to them. Nevertheless, this is uh, definitely an interesting uh, development and a new chapter or return to an old chapter uh, for Disney, and we'll see how this takes out uh, over the next couple of years. Moving to box office numbers, we start off with a Disney film. In first place, Black Panther Wakanda Forever repeats, uh, comes in its second weekend at number one again, with a 63% drop to $66.4 million, domestic in 4,396 theaters, a 15,123 per theater average. Domestic gross now sits at $287.1 million. International gross is at $258 million, so it's crossed the half billion mark uh, to $545 billion worldwide, million worldwide. Now, as far as we as uh, how it's pacing, it dropped a little bit better than Multiverse of Madness and Love and Thunder. Those had 67, 68% drops in the second weekend. Um, and, and it has come to close the 7 million gap between it and Doctor Strange's opening weekend to only a 5 million gap between the two films as of weekend two. That said, compared to the original Black Panther's 45% second weekend drop, this one is looking to be capping out at maybe a 2.5x multiplier domestically uh, for 452 million domestic total, less than a billion dollars worldwide. This does put, however, Disney to 3 billion for the year, which is the 14th time in history they have done so. Uh, in second place, we have a new opener, uh, uh, Searchlight's uh, culinary thriller, The Menu, starring Ralph Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, opening to 9 million in 3,211 theaters, and has a per theater average of 2.8 million, with another 6 million overseas, pushing it to 50 million worldwide, which is apparently Searchlight's biggest weekend since Slumdog Millionaire in 2008. Uh, that beat box office post expectations by about a million, which is good news, as is the respectable B cinema score and 89 critics, 79 audience Rotten Tomatoes score. However, it does have a $30 million production budget, so it'll really need great word of mouth and holidays legs to even get the break-even point. Uh, third place, we actually have a TV show coming in. Uh, so Fathom Offense partnered with the television series The Chosen, not the first time they've, they've done so, uh, to show the first and second episodes of their third season in theaters. As with the many case of Christian films and shows, they have a very devout and loyal audience, uh, despite most of the mainstream general audience not really being for it. Uh, coming in this week into the tune of $8.7 million in uh, 2027 theaters for a per theater average of 4327 Not much more to say here, too much honestly. It'll probably be gone in about a week or so. Uh, fourth place, we return to existing films with uh, Black Adam and its fifth weekend dropping 43% to $4.6 million in 3,372 theaters for $13.69 per theater average and a $157 million domestic total. Uh, globally, it's made $209 million, pushing it to $367 million worldwide. I think Warner Brothers has seen enough to, uh, to end up pushing it to VOD yesterday, the 22nd, basically giving it a 31-day theatrical window. Uh, the Rock can't be too happy with that. Uh, rounding out the top five, Ticket to Paradise is starting to slow down with a 46% drop to $3.2 million in 3,268 theaters for a 977 per theater average and a $61.5 million domestic total as of its fifth weekend. It's closing in on $100 million worldwide for $161 million global total, uh, a modest profit for the $60 million budgeted fill overall. Now outside the top five, there are a couple more new wide release, wide ish releases. Um, the biggest, uh, can you hear my air quotes in my voice? The biggest uh, was C said, uh, Universal's Oscar hopeful starring Carrie Mulligan about the uh, New York Times reporters who broke the Harvey Weinstein story. Uh, Despite an 8 cinema score, 87 critics, and 88 on, uh, audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, it ended up with 
only 2.2 million in its opening weekend. Now, for an Oscar film, that would actually be a great total for an opening weekend in a limited release. However, Universal decided to put it out to 2,000 theaters for a uh, per theater average of $1,096. That's actually the 33rd worst wide opening of all time. Pretty dis big disappointment from Universal to try the wide release to film, which they didn't really market all that much. Um, I think the subject matter being a little bit more dark uh, definitely wasn't helping its case. Um, so I think this one will probably wither on the vine in a couple of weeks and go straight to streaming. Um, unfortunately, for its Oscar chances. There was also an Indian film called uh, Drissium 2 that opened to $1 million in only 305 theaters uh, for 3,443 per theater average. Pretty good performance, though it's unlikely to break out into general audiences. Uh, moving to the limited side of things, Bones and All from Universal opened to $121,000 in five theaters for a 24201 per theater average, the highest of the weekend. Uh, for a coming-in-of-age road trip ca cannibal romance movie, yes, cannibal romance, um, honestly not bad. A big part of this, I think, comes from Timothy Salome attracting the under-35 audience to the tune of 79% of the audience. Well done. Uh, the Inspection from A24, a Jeremy Pope-led film about a black gay man in the Marines, opened $65,000 in five theaters for a 13,188 per theater average, a bit low for it to break out for award season. And then we have the international film EO from Poland about a donkey from Janice Films um, that opened to $24,000 in two theaters for a 12,000 per theater average. As far as the accounts for other Oscar films, uh, going in down the order of total revenue, uh, Banshees of Inisherin lost 148 theaters to 812 total in the 898 per theater average week five. I just saw news that they'll be coming to Disney Plus in Canada uh, mid-December. Uh, Till lost 702 theaters down to about 656 total, down uh, down to a 349 per theater average in week six. Um, Tar lost 154 theaters down to 205, 900 per theater average week seven. Triangle of Sadness down to 128 theaters and losing 56 with a 1342 per theater average. Woman Kings down to a 258 theaters after losing 255 for a uh, 583 per theater average in week 10. The Season of the Leave lost 38 theaters down to 96 and a 954 per theater average in week six. Uh, movie just announced that they will be coming to the streaming service on December 9th. And then The Fablemans uh, did not lose any theaters. It's only in its second weekend. Uh, had a 44% drop to 22,433. Uh, kind of disappointing, to be honest. You'd want it to maintain a pretty high per theater average. So um, not looking great for The Fablemans to break out this coming weekend. Uh, total box office stayed about $100 million with uh, $101 million total. Uh, the coming weekend, again, pretty big. A lot of stuff coming out on Friday, but uh, later today as well as on Friday. But we'll save those for the end of the episode for Thanksgiving preview. Internationally, outside of China, not too much, but we are seeing signs of life come back to the Chinese uh, box office to the point where we're actually going to do a full top five, which we haven't done in a while. Uh, in first place, we have Detective Conan, The Bride of Halloween, a Japanese anime film, uh, making it big in China with 11.7 million US dollars. Uh, second place, last week's number one film, The Tipping Point, came in with 3.9 million for a cumulative 17.7 million dollars. Third place was to newcomer film uh, Farewell Beijing, opening to 2.3 million. And then fourth place was American film Fall. I think you might have remembered seeing some uh, some trailers for that, opening to $1.4 million over there. And in fifth place went to longtime number one film from October, Homecoming, adding $1.3 million to its $223 million total. 
Overall, the Chinese box office uh, pushed up to $4 billion for the year. It's the highest weekend since October 1st, National Day. Still 35% behind this point in time last year, though I guess it's to be expected with up to 50% of theaters closed at the moment due to a COVID outbreak. However, a beacon of light is on the horizon. It was just announced today that Avatar 2 Way of Water will officially have a Chinese release on December 16th, the same as the North American release, which is a huge win for Disney given the lack of MCU releases from the past year. Uh, this is especially good news because, uh, you know, uh, the budget is apparently 350 to $400 million, um, though how much of that is Avatar 2 filming at the same time as Avatar 3? TBD, but uh, it reportedly needs, still needs to be the third or fourth highest grossing film of all time to be profitable. Um, hopefully they're able to overcome the three-hour and 12-minute runtime on this. That's going to be a really long film. Some other quick headlines before we get to our Thanksgiving preview. Disney has a lot of wins this week with the Iger and Avatar news, uh, but they also got hit with an antitrust lawsuit this week over the pricing of its streaming services. Uh, Top Gun Maverick has set its streaming date for Paramount Plus, December 22nd, which is just in time for the holidays in, what, seven months uh, for a theatrical window? Um, after the previous director left the project, Marvel has found their next uh, director and writer for the Blade film. Uh, Jan Dermans, probably best known for Lovecraft Country, will be directing, while Michael Starbury, best known for the series When They See Us, will be writing the script. Uh, given the dis recent disappointments of Oscar film lately, uh, United Artists is opting to push back uh, Woman Talking from its December 2nd limited release date to a December 23rd limited release opposite Babylon, uh, probably hoping for it to be a late breaker for awards season similar to 1917 was in recent years. And then finally, reports are that the 10th Fast and the Furious film's budget has ballooned up to $340 million in the ballpark of Avatar, uh, mostly driven by higher salaries for the cast, production costs going up due to inflation, as well as losing the director partway through, and then COVID safety protocols, which is kind of insane it's gotten that expensive. It will be the fourth most expensive film of all time at that point, so it's going to be really interesting to see how to track how it does and if it's able to make a profitability. Alright, to wrap up the show, we will do a preview of Thanksgiving weekend. These numbers come from the box office pros, and we'll report both the three and five day forecasts. First up, top of the list will probably be Black Panther again. Uh, still be number one spot, they're probably predicting $40 million for the three day and $58 million for the five day. Uh, next biggest opening is likely Strange World, Disney's obligatory animated film releasing over Thanksgiving holidays. Now, frankly, this was looking like a bit of a disaster. Box Office Post has a forecast of a 19 million three-day total and a 26 million dollar five-day total. That three-day number would be the lowest opening of a Disney animated film since Brother Bear all the way back in 2003. It'll open even lower than Lightyear from this year or Encanto from last year when we still have pandemic issues. Honestly, with a sub-70 Metacritic score, I wouldn't even say this is a lock for best animated feature for the Oscars anymore. Notably also, given that there was a gay teen romance being prominent within the film, a part the film is just not going to have an international release in some parts including of the world, including Middle East, Southeast Asia, and Africa. Uh, that the $180 million budget is looking less and less likely to be profitable with that news, so this one's probably going to be a flop. Uh, moving on, Sony has based on the true story uh, has a base on the true story Korean war pilot film starring Glenn Powell and Jonathan Majors. Forecasts to open to eight million dollars for the three day, twelve million for the five day. Honestly, this I think could do better than expected, given it's a very bad movie like, like Top Gun was. Uh, funnily enough, uh, Glenn Powell appeared in book figure. That said, what's not as funny is the ninety million dollar production budget is on this, so this one is likely not going to be profitable as well. Though who knows, it may surprise us. 
Uh, like I mentioned, Fablements is going wide this weekend, up to 600 theaters. Uh, the forecast is 3.6 million for the three-day, 4.9 for the five-day. Uh, Bones and All is going wide to 2,700 theaters, 3 million for the fi- three-day, 5 million for the five-day. And on the limited side of things, we have the release of All the Beauty and Bloodshed, a documentary about uh, an activist uh, trying to bring attention to the Sackler family and the oil period crisis. It won the Venice Film Festival's top five, and so it'll be interesting to see how that one does. We also have The Son, Florian Zello's follow-up to The Father that won several Oscars, though this one is much less well-received, so we'll see how this one does. And then finally, for we have Glass Onion, the Netflix follow-ups to Knives Out. This one is having its one-week sneak preview uh, engagement in about 600 theaters nationwide. I don't expect us to get any real numbers for this on uh, out of Netflix, but estimates say it's to maybe make in the $8 million to $12 million range for the three- and five-day, respectively. And with that, that's this for the episode. Uh, hope my American listeners enjoy the Turkey Day, enjoy the Black Friday shopping. Uh, also, just want to let everyone know, regardless of where you are, I'm very thankful for you if you happen to be listening to this. So, uh, I know I got to get back to uh, getting stuff ready for for Thanksgiving dinner and and you know trying to catch some more movies this weekend. Um, in any case, shoot me ideas for else I should cover via email at boxofficewatchpodcast.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. Also, it's on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. At the very least, tell a fan that any of that helps. Uh, Links to all that will be in our show notes. Uh, numbers in the show come from dnumbers.com, intro and outro music from Kevin MacLeod, and combination of homies.io. Editing for Dexon by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch. And remember, our watch goes on.